Welcome to the Grace-Based Family Podcast. We're We're your your hosts, hosts, Karis Murray and Michelle Brook. This is a podcast where we look at the power of grace in the everyday lives of families. We're excited for you to listen in on the conversation. Hey, Michelle. Hi, Karis. Uh, Greetings from the upside down. Yeah, (laughs) right. Um, We uh, decided to just record a, a quick podcast kind of outside of our regular schedule to address what's going on in our world right now right. Um, and uh, and the crisis that uh, kind of our whole world is facing together and how that relates to our relationships and our families. And I know a lot of people right now are um, anxious and, and there's a lot of uncertainty and our kids pick up on that too. Yeah. So um, yeah, we, we have, do, do, I mean, I, I think it's not a question of do we need to be talking to our kids about mm-hmm. it. I think, of course we do, but I think the uh, the hard thing is how do we do that? And I think a lot of us are still trying to grasp what's going on, right. still wrapping our heads around it. Yeah. Um, so we might not even understand ourselves to be able to even talk to our kids. So mm-hmm. yeah. Discussions are everywhere. I feel like it is consuming our conversations, you know, with coworkers, with family. And so today we just want to talk about how to talk to your kids about what's going on in the world. Um, but also just be an encouragement to you if you're struggling with anxiety or fear around what's happening. Absolutely. Yeah. So my kids are younger and, they're off of school right now. And I hadn't really said much. I just said, you know, a lot of people are getting sick right now. So Mm -hmm. you don't have school. Well, and they're off of school right now as normally scheduled because it's both of our kids districts. It's their spring break. Right. So it, it, for us, it felt a little different because it wasn't like all of a sudden they got dismissed from school. They were planning Planning to be out of school this week. So yeah, it's been, that's been interesting. Yeah, but. that's true that it was unique. So that's why it kind of snuck up on me. I didn't really know what to say. And um, I realized, okay, I should probably open up this conversation with them when <laughs> yesterday their babysitter said, so are you on spring break or just not in school? And my five-year-old goes, coronavirus. And I'm like, <laughs> how do you even know? I don't even think I've said that, but it's clearly like, we have been talking about it. tell her we have, like, she's going to think we have coronavirus. The I CDC know. is going to run in here and so, like, put us was, on lockdown. Oh my gosh, I got to talk to them. So yesterday we walked to the park and I said, I t- just opened up the dialogue and I said, said, what do you guys think about what's going on? Have, what have you heard? What questions do you have? Because I just mm-hmm. wanted to gauge what they've picked up on. And my second grader goes, well, I have a question. He raises his hand and he said, is it true that this virus has come from Corona beer? And I was like, first of all, how do you even know what Corona beer is? And second of all, no. And I'm like, oh gosh, I better explain. Right. So my kids are at a different age. I mean, they are wondering about things in a very different realm than I am. I'm thinking right. about food and how am I going to get them, you know, in a routine at home. And they're trying to figure out if it's, you know, from Corona beer. beer. And they're (laughs) thinking, why is everybody drinking this poison beer? Yeah, just stop drinking this beer. (laughs) So I think it's important for all age kids, but to ask questions to understand what's on their mind. And it's a good time to really get kids talking about um, keeping their fears realistic and manageable and being honest with them. But not alarmist. We don't want to cause fear, especially in the younger kids. Um, 
they're pretty like, la la la, we're off of school. I don't want to cause any panic in them, but I want to be truthful. Well, I think with all kids, but especially with younger kids, they're they're really just kind of sitting back and watching the reactions of the adults around them. Mm -hmm. That seems to be how they gauge whether or not they should be worried, right? right? Yeah. You know, because it, it is complex. And, and so if they hear things on the news or from other people, um, it can cause undue uh, fear in them mm-hmm. if they don't understand. And if they see their parents, uh, you know, they, they feel our feelings, you yeah. know, they can sense it. And it's mm-hmm. really, really hard to hide our true selves from our kids. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think as parents, managing our own fears and anxieties and making sure we give ourselves outlets to do that, whether that's, um, you know, obviously prayer and reading the Bible is going to be as important as it ever is, but maybe adding something like journaling, like get your fears out somewhere or a trusted friend that you can talk to on the Mm -hmm. phone, you know, obviously social distancing, but um, yeah. Or, or a therapist or a counselor, if you have access right. to that. I know there's a lot of that that happens online now, but I think that's why it's important to manage our own emotions and our own, mm-hmm. um, especially fears and anxieties through this or anger or a lot of that stuff comes out as anger sometimes yeah. too. Um, mm-hmm. So because our kids are watching us. Um, for me, you know, my kids are teens and um, I guess I should say at, at this recording, it is March 17th, 2020. So, um, you know, they, the, the, a couple of states, I think California, uh, several counties in California near the Bay Area um, issued what so far in the United States has been the sort of most stringent mandate from a government. Mm-hmm. Um, and they issued a shelter in place mandate. Um, and that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but I anticipate there may be more of that rolling out through the country. So, you know, we'll, it's changing day by day. Our girl, my girls are old enough that they see this kind of stuff in their social media feeds and they hear people talking about it. They do see things on the news, although I'm personally even careful what news sources I consume, Mm -hmm. um, just for my own mental health. And so we just don't have a whole lot of 24 hour news on in our house anyway. Um, But they're certainly seeing stuff. And so they are trying to wrap their head around this, maybe even from a more adult perspective, because they're 15 and 16. Um, But, uh, and it's been interesting to see how they each have had sort of different responses to it. Um, my older one, she's more extroverted. Um, she tends to be my more thoughtful, careful one in general, but her reaction has kind of just been like, whatever, yeah. you know, like we're young, it's our spring break. Like I want to see my friends. Um, and my younger one has, uh, I think internalized a little bit more anxiety mm-hmm. from this, which she can struggle with anxiety too. Um, but what was good is this morning, and and I kind of I told them both before I left for work today that you know we're going to talk more in more depth about this tonight. Frankly, because you know we we 
our workplaces are making decisions today based on what, you know, if we're going to work from home, what's going to happen. We're mm-hmm. going to just going to know more tonight. So we'll talk more tonight, but explaining to them that, look, this is not about us. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't about the people who live in the, you know, the four people who live under this roof. Yeah. Um, because we happen to be young and healthy mm-hmm. and that's a privilege and a blessing. So it's not about us. Even if we were to catch the virus, like most people, we're going to recover and be okay. It's about us doing our part mm-hmm. and making sacrifices. And it is, it is, sac- you know, everything has been canceled. All the, their sports have been canceled. Yeah. They're not going to go back to school after their spring break indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Um, their activities, their youth group, their, their young life, all the stuff that they do mm-hmm. isn't happening. So there's a lot of disappointment and there's a lot of... Um, uh, you know, they're, they could become bitter and angry and it's okay for them to express those emotions. But for me, what I've been focusing most on, on with them is that following the recommendations that we're currently getting mm-hmm. and following whether it's either suggestions or mandates by our government is something that we can do mm-hmm. to protect vulnerable people. And there are vulnerable people in all of our lives near Mm -hmm. us all the time. And um, so whether it's this particular virus right now that's novel, that's new, that is, you know, uh, you know, different than anything that we've seen in our lifetime, um, or if it's something like a natural disaster or war or Mm -hmm. whatever, just we've been using the the term toxic individualism Mm -hmm. in our conversations. I mean, try that with your kids, like (laughs) teach that one to Brayden and say it's toxic individualism that comes from Corona beer. But (laughs) we've just been talking about the concept of like, you know, as Americans, I think especially and our, our listeners around the world, this may sound different to you, but just, I think our American ideal is one of them is individualism, that mm-hmm. you as an individual can improve yourself. Yeah. You can get better. You're in charge of your destiny, yeah. so to speak. Right. But that is quite different than a Christian ideal, mm-hmm. a Christian worldview when you think about it. And in any good thing when pushed to an extreme can become a bad thing. And so toxic individualism is is it it supersedes the common good. Mm-hmm. It's when yeah. we are so individualistic that what we do, the actions that we take hurt the people around us. And so we've been having kind of deep conversations yeah. about stuff like that. Um, and uh, it, it, this is an opportunity for all of our kids, regardless of kind of their mm-hmm. age and stage, I think to learn a lot. Um, and this won't be the last time that we have to talk about scary issues with our kids. No. This is probably the first that we've gone through with some big pandemic type thing. But like you right. said, war, school shootings, there's just going to be a lot of hard topics. Yeah. And Well, and I mean, I've, I've had to talk through things like terror attacks and, right. and school shootings and gun violence and, and um, natural, you know, disasters. natural disasters or, th- or when, you know, famous people... Uh, you know, are accused and convicted of horrible sexual abuse. And, Mm -hmm. you know, people who they knew, not knew personally, but who they see, they see them go. So there's all this kind of hard stuff that we've had to talk with our kids about and we'll continue to have to talk to them about what has made this particular COVID-19, you know, pandemic unique is that 
what it looks like is actually going to help most is a collective effort on mm-hmm. everybody's part. Right. Right. And that is kind of different yeah. than things we've seen before. Even mm-hmm. when there's a major natural disaster like a hurricane mm-hmm. that hits, you know, Houston. Right. Everybody's praying for Houston. They're sending, they're donating money to Houston. Mm-hmm. But even then, as devastating as it was, if you were not directly affected by that, right. you basically go on with your daily lives. Mm-hmm. You're going to work, you're going to church, you're going right. wherever. And, yep. You might be praying constantly and you might be donating or whatever. So this is really unique, but I imagine this is not going to be the last time we'll face something like this as a world. Mm-hmm. Maybe, it, you know, sooner than the next hundred years. Um, and then there are things like this, times of war, where you come together as a people and you decide, okay, it's going to take sacrifice, but yeah. we have to do this together. And um, yeah. so... But some universal principles that can be helpful, especially right now with all we're going through with the COVID-19, um, talking to our kids, I think it's crucial to keep the conversations open. You talked yeah. about um, maybe a lot of mixed feelings, a lot of disappointment, yeah. a lot of anxiety. And so mm-hmm. just opening up that dialogue and touching mm-hmm. base with your kids is is key. Uh, and you also talked about limiting social media and TV and yeah. 24-hour news. <laughs> yeah, being careful. And I think this is true for all kids and adults. Like mm-hmm. I think adults probably need to do this better ourselves because mm-hmm. this is what... Um, can heighten our anxiety beyond the point that it's um, helpful, right? Like to be cautious, to be prepared Mm -hmm. is one thing, but it can go beyond that and that doesn't help anybody. And so we all need to be more careful about this, but especially for little kids, Mm -hmm. like, you know, read your news online, right? Don't have it on the TV for sure. Um, You know, yeah, just be really careful. Um, and in terms of, I'm going to just take a step back when you said, keep conversations open. It it reminds me of the four freedoms that we talk Mm. about here at family matters. Um, and, um, you know, if you're not familiar with kind of our, our thought process on that, it's that in grace-based homes, we give the people we love as much freedom as possible. Mm -hmm. And, and we try to give them freedom in four key areas. And those areas are the freedom to be different, the freedom to be vulnerable, the freedom to be candid, Mm -hmm. and the freedom to be imperfect or to make mistakes. And so I think thinking about conversations in that context is really helpful. Mm -hmm. And that's why it needs to be open because, um, it's not going to be something you're going to talk about one time. Right. I mean, frankly, the information is is rolling out it's not necessarily that things are changing it's that our response to t- things is seems to be changing rapidly so we're going to have to kind of revisit this the same way that it's, it seems like our governments are sort of taking it day by day to decide mm-hmm. um what's going to happen and so we need to keep those conversations open but but to give our kids the freedom to have different responses mm-hmm. 
you know, that they're going to process this differently in different ways. Some people, you know, use a lot of humor to get through kind of this stuff. And then Mm -hmm. you might feel like that feels very irreverent. Right. Right. But it may just be somebody using that to cope. And Mm -hmm. it's not that they not, they're not taking it seriously. It's that that's how they're able to kind of get through it right process it some may take it very seriously some may have much more of a fear response than others you know Mm -hmm. what I mean Mm -hmm. so giving them that freedom to be different and then the freedom to be vulnerable obviously all of us feel vulnerable right now right we feel like there's a not a whole lot we can control especially toilet paper especially (laughs) toilet paper I know I was reading something we we're we're in Arizona here that I don't know how they figured this out, maybe just based on supply chain or whatever, but that our state must be the most anxious about running out of toilet paper because oh. we're, we're we're hoarding toilet paper more than any other state. Oh, lovely. Um, so, yeah, things like that. And, <laughs> and um, you know, the freedom to be candid. Well, this is a big one. Like being candid means kind of honesty wrapped in in honor and respect, right? Mm-hmm. But to be able to share with each other like, hey, this is what I'm thinking and not have that be attacked. And I think the other place this is going to come into play is the fact that we are going to be in closer quarters Mm -hmm. with our immediate family, maybe more than we normally are, without a lot of the things that distract us and occupy us on a daily basis. And we're going to get on each other's nerves, I think, a whole lot faster. (laughs) So freedom to be candid can look like even kind of sitting down and having what we like to call a what's your beef night, where it's like, okay, I'm going to open up discussion, the airing of the grievances, you know, and you can share like, hey, it's really bugging Mm -hmm. me that you're doing this. And in that, in that, you know, kind of contact, uh, context, you're giving them permission to tell you, that something that you're doing or that you said has hurt or frustrated them. And then you're just going to apologize for it. Mm -hmm. Right. You're not going to justify, you're not going to defend, you know, defend yourself, turn it back on them just say, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm going to make an effort to do better. Um, and then the freedom to make mistakes or to be imperfect. Obviously, this is an we're, this is an imperfect process, mm-hmm. and we're going to make mistakes through this. And so we got to give each other a lot of grace. Um, yeah, monitor social media and TV. Uh, the other thing we thought about that was a universal with with times of crisis is to try as much as possible to maintain a normal routine. Mm-hmm. This is important for everybody, but for kids especially, yeah. to feel like something in life can be counted on. Right. And obviously that's harder to do now because a lot of kids are not in school, which right. is their normal routine. They're not getting to go to their sports or programs or things that they're used to doing. So it might mean us sitting down as as a family and coming up with a little schedule, you know, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to exercise from this time to this yeah. time. We're going to do some schoolwork from this time to this time. If they're right. doing school online or if you just find some, you know, worksheets, there's lots of online resources, which are great. Um, Mm -hmm. and then it's reading time and then we can, you know, binge watch TV for a while and then, you know, and I think, yeah, it's going to get, I've seen a lot of just really funny posts on social media where it's just like moms are like, then I go in the closet and I scream (laughs) and then I go outside and I take a nervous walk by myself and then we watch Gilmore Girls for the fifth time, you know? So like, but even some kind of semblance of routine, trying to get kids going to bed. 
right. at a decent time and waking up at a normal mm-hmm. time and eating. And yeah. I just think that's good for everyone's mental health. Absolutely. So, otherwise, it's easy to kind of fall into depression and boredom sure. and stuff like that. Um, and then last, um, we talked about giving children a way to help. And in your local community, you probably have a bunch of ways to pack sack lunches for kids. Um, I've seen people say they're making notes and putting them on neighbors' doors saying, you know, what can we help you with? Mm. Especially elderly. Do they need help like with their yard? So you're not even having contact with them. Right. They're texting you yeah. and you're coming and helping clean up, you know, the right. mow the grass or whatever. Yeah, obviously. Trash and we want to say we're suggesting doing, helping in ways that do not put risk. anybody at Absolutely. risk. Absolutely. Right. Um, not, it's not even about our own kids being at risk. It's that they could be carrying this virus and hurt somebody else so yeah but come up with creative ways I've even heard of um, parents having their kids draw pictures or write notes Mm -hmm. to mail to their grandparents their great-grandparents to a local um, you know nursing home since those those residents can't receive visitors Mm -hmm. you know things like that I, I think there's a lot of ways to help and then frankly doing what we're being asked to do right to contain this virus is a way that we're helping. Mm-hmm. It yeah. feels very intangible because it doesn't it doesn't have the same feel good as handing somebody who's hungry a bowl of soup, mm-hmm. right? And the people who we're potentially saving by doing what we're being asked to do, social distancing, staying home, uh, you know, those are people that we likely don't know and will never meet. Right. So it doesn't feel tangible, but in in as much as we can, and my girls are of an age where I can't explain this to them and they do understand yeah. it and they get it. They go, yeah, I can see, mm-hmm. you know, that flattening out the curve is right, what everybody's right. talking about. Here's why that's important. And, you know, you, you show them that. And especially this, this generation of kids we're raising, they're so smart. They look at these, some of these computer models and they go, oh yeah, I get mm-hmm. it. You know, right. um, it's just thinking about putting others first, right? Exactly. We want to take care of ourselves take the proper, you know, hygiene practices, teach our kids that, but also let's, you know, the old saying, God first, other second, and I'm third. (laughs) We used to chant at Kanakuk. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, and I think uh, it it is as believers, we're not just Americans Mm -hmm. or whatever nation you're from. We're not just you know, citizens of earth, we are believers in Jesus. We are the people of God. And historically, it has been Christians that during Mm -hmm. plagues or during famines, um, during war, were the ones that were caring for the sick, Mm -hmm. were feeding people, um, were, you know, during the plague, then they didn't even understand what germs were. Right. But they were caring for the people dying from the plague at mm-hmm. great personal risk to themselves. For sure. And I'm not telling people to make contact because now that we understand what germs are, we know this is actually how we contain it by staying yeah. away from each other. But it's it's our mandate as, as believers to care for others. And mm-hmm. then there is no um, better cure for anxiety And there is no better cure for selfishness Mm -hmm. than service. Serving others. And I'm not saying anxiety is is selfish, but by switching our focus from inward to outward, it just, it it gives us something we can do. Right. It's proactive. proactive. It feels like, okay, I can help bring toilet paper to my neighbor or something. Right. Right. um, Without any contact with them and it's serving them, it's loving them and it's showing them Jesus. Yeah. 
So. Yeah. And some, and Karis, you, you kind of touched on, um, like we, we want to think 10,000 foot level, right? Like right. right now we're in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic and it's, it's very scary for a lot of folks, mm-hmm. but there's biblical truths, whether it's this crisis or like you said, natural disaster or threat of war, um, that as believers in Christ, we cling to. Mm-hmm. And so we want to leave you with, with three biblical truths, um, as you're in this kind of chaotic season. Um, and the first is, like I said, as believers, we need to remember that God is our refuge and strength. And yeah. it's so easy to, th- to try to, you know, hoard meatballs and stockpile <laughs> my baby wipes and think, oh, oh my gosh, what if we run out and then I don't have detergent and I can't wash napkins and, the, you know, yeah. like washcloths. But, you know, Psalms 46 says that God is our refuge and our strength. And Second Timothy 1, 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of self-control. And God right now is not shocked by this. Right. You know, he's still on his throne. He's not like, what? I didn't know this was going to come. Right. <laughs> like, he's all-knowing. He's ever-present. And as Christians, I think we need to be pro- proclaiming Christ's peace in right. the midst of a culture full of fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And teach and showing that to our kids. And I think it's okay to be candid if you're like, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little afraid too, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but, but then saying, but you know what? I know who is bigger than this mm-hmm. is God. And yeah. he has, that's why we're not going to worry because he right. has us in his hands and he cares about every detail of our lives and everyone's lives. So again, just holding on to that truth that, yeah. um, God is our refuge. He's our refuge. And he, he is in control Absolutely. too. And he is good. And I think a big thing that is going to come out of this is that this is going to be hard. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. People are going to get ill and suffer and some people are going to die. People Economically, this is going to be yeah. hard. People may lose their jobs, Houses, their homes. It's going to be hard. And so showing our children that some of these bad things may happen to us. Mm-hmm. And that does not mean, you know, that that God isn't good. Right. He's still good because mm-hmm. life is full of trials mm-hmm. and Jesus is literally with us right. through all of it, right? Right near us and walking through it and suffering with us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's not just about, you know, saying God's in control and everything's going to be fine. Everything might not be fine mm-hmm. individually or collectively, mm-hmm. but God is still good. And I think when, when our kids see that faith, when the world sees that faith, right. I mean, ultimately that's what we're called to do. Um, mm-hmm. Another kind of overarching biblical truth that, that is should apply to our everyday lives and especially in times of crisis is that we need to pray for for all those who are affected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in my mind, we, that includes people like our leaders. Yeah. You know, they, everybody is trying to make really hard decisions right now. Right. And they know that those decisions are not going to make everyone happy. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter what they choose to do. It's going to upset people. It's going to disrupt people's lives. Mm -hmm. It's going to create certain kinds of hardship in order to protect us. Um, 
And so, uh, you know, it's a lot. And so we need to be praying for our leaders, whether those are our, our government leaders, those are, might be people in, in organizations that um, look at the health impact of this and, and study that, or, or people who advise our leaders. We need to be praying for all of them. We need to be praying for our, um, you know, healthcare professionals and their families. Um, we need to be praying for people in, in jobs that cannot work from home, that have mm-hmm. to go to work. People like, you know, our grocery store workers mm-hmm. and our truckers and people mm-hmm. in transportation. Um, they're putting themselves at a greater increased risk in order to provide a service that is helping everybody else. Yeah. Um, and then just pray for God to work through this, to, to just prepare the way for a kind of a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, mm-hmm. you know, it is in times like this that people turn to God. Yeah. Um, and that that's a kind of a beauty from the ashes of mm-hmm. something like this is that while we're here, we can display this faith and this peace and we can pray and... Um, and that the Holy Spirit is going to draw people to himself Absolutely. through this. Um, and then um, third, I think we've mentioned this before, but we just need to take necessary precautions and rely on medical experts, right? We don't yeah. know um, as much as we, as they do. So let's right. be sensitive and wise in the way we approach this. Um, like you said, just kind of think about the common good, think about others. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we were talking earlier about the verse in Matthew in verse six or Matthew six, verse 26 through 34. Sorry. There was a lot of sixes there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Do not worry then saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So we just really want to encourage you to trust God not give in to fear, keep the lines of communication open with your kids and your loved ones. And just remember that even during these really uncertain and scary, difficult times, um, we know who holds the future. Yeah. And the present. Mm-hmm. And we can choose to be the people of truth and the people of grace through this. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, this is an opportunity as much as it is a a hardship. Right. Um, so, yeah. And we're here to be praying for we you. Are, yeah. If you can email us, I know there's probably a lot of specific requests. Absolutely. Um, you can email us at family at family matters, sorry, family at family matters.net. And we will be praying for you and we can reply to you there. Yeah. Um, and again, we're not experts on this. We're just praying yeah. <laughs> for you and we yeah, love you. We want to encourage you. Yeah, and just give each other a lot of grace during this time, because yeah. um, we're gonna need it. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, we we yeah, like Michelle says, we love you guys, and we we're here for you. We will put show notes up for this 
show, we'll try to include as many resources that we can find along with this. If you have anything to add, we'd love to hear from you. So um, thank you, and uh, we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Grace-Based Families Podcast. This is part of Family Matters Ministries. For more podcasts and resources, check us out on familymatters.net slash podcast or stream us on all major podcast platforms. Once again, this is Karis and Michelle. Until next time.